2: 20 minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on formerly known as twitter now known as x and remember to subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts. Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify, and of course, you can always check us out at cheeseheadtv.com. Not my smoothest intro, but I did give credit to the correct website. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by Andrew Mertig. Maggie Loney is with us again this week, but guys, we witnessed a fantastic football game, and we get to talk about it. How are you guys late on this Sunday evening?
3: Doing great. What a fantastic game. This season has certainly turned around in the last month. And then after that performance, it looks like the Chiefs are gonna have to shake it off. Packers are saying, <laughs> look what look what you made me do, lover. I oh knew you God. were I knew you were in trouble. Maggie, you're, how are you're you? You were close. You were close on that
4: last one. I was literally uh, gonna be like, oh, I used all my Taylor Swift jokes on Twitter, so now uh, I'm just happy that we got the win and then you pulled out like six in a row so you know what I'm just happy that the Packers have won it's late
2: (laughs) we are off the rails and the Chiefs are just gonna have to take one long look in the mirror and know that the problem it's it's them it's me the problem is (laughs) I can't change the words gosh dang it we're just having too much fun the Packers hosted the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football and Andrew and I have had to break down some real heartbreakers over the year. Mag- Maggie, you've been with us for a few of those uh, as well, but it is super fun to have this kind of a game to talk about tonight. Happy Victory Monday to you all who are listening to us. Uh, your Green Bay Packers, if you didn't know, defeated the Kansas City Chiefs 27-19 to on Sunday Night Football in front of the country. So what a game, and we're really excited to talk about it.
3: Yeah, so let's dive right in. The Packers get the ball first and go on a ho-hum, 13-play, yards, 7 minute 7-minute-and-47-second touchdown drive. Phenomenal execution throughout. Great A.J. Dillon running. Nice pass play conversions to Christian Watson, Tucker Kraft, Ontavian Wicks, and then an absolutely beautiful play-action touchdown and Ben Sims gets in the end zone for the first time in his professional career. Pretty much the perfect way to start the game. The Chiefs get the ball back and get some traction with a Rasheed Rice catch. Pacheco run. uh, And then a Pacheco catch. Corey Ballantyne with a really nice tackle on Pacheco uh, on a check down. But the Chiefs convert on a Clyde Edwards-Alaire run. A pass breakup by Savage on Kelsey. Then offensive pass interference on Kelsey. uh, But... Pat Mahomes keeps it alive, scrambles for the first down. And then on third and long, Mahomes somehow finds MVS on his back for the conversion. (laughs) Just laying on the ground, Mahomes finds a way to complete it to him. A 27-yard run by Pacheco looks like a certain Kansas City touchdown in their opening drive. But then Lucas Lucas Van Ness sack a Pacheco run, and then Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark combine on a sack. That leads to a Harrison Bucker field goal at seven to three Green Bay at the end of the first with each team only having one possession.
4: Yeah, given how all the Chiefs moved the ball on that drive, holding Kansas City to three was such a huge win there it was so seamless for the Packers to move the ball on that first drive. So it was nice to see them, you know, get a stop and actually maintain the lead because Mahomes had only taken 14 sacks going into that game. So that, that was the least in the NFL. So getting pressure there, getting two sacks on that opening drive was just huge for green Bay's defense, big momentum there.
3: Yeah, so the Packers open the second quarter with a nicely designed play action play to Tucker Craft for a gain of 19, a gain of 28 on a play action pass to Wicks, another nice completion to Craft and the Dylan run for a first down. And then on third and five from the 10 yard line, nothing is open, but the blocking holds up. Love steps up in the pocket and finds Christian Watson for the touchdown. 14 to
2: three, Packers. Yeah, really, really fun way to end that drive with a touchdown. But how about Tucker Craft's Tucker performance? in this game as a whole. Losing Musgrave obviously just totally sucks for this Green Bay offense, but Kraft really has stepped up at this perfect time. It's unbelievable the timing when he's ascended. Just a perfect fit for the offense. It's it's exciting to think about the creative ability that this offense is going to have when both of these guys are back and healthy and available at the same time. And you love the patience that Jordan showed on that third and five play. Just standing in there keeping his eyes up, waiting for Christian to come all the way open and making the throw. Uh, Just just a huge big-time play early in this game. Tucker
3: Craft, of course, single-handedly breaking the third-round curse for the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So Kansas City on their second drive, they convert a third down to Sky Moore, a big game to Kelsey, who is inexplicably absolutely wide open. Pacheco converts a third and short screen to Kelsey for 10 and another first down. The Chiefs back inside the 10, but a Creed Humphrey hold moves them back. Great coverage leads to a sack by Preston Smith. To force another Kansas City field goal attempt. It is 14 to 6 Green Bay. And then the fifth possession of the half starts with just two nineteen on the clock. A a huge third down conversion to Christian Watson. Two big runs by Patrick Taylor. Set the Packers up in great position to end the half, but a false start two incompletions, and then kind of a give-up shovel pass lead to a fourth down outside of field goal range. Whelan does have an excellent punt downed at the one, uh, so the Chiefs just have to take a knee, and it does
2: end up 14-6 at halftime. Yeah, I think we all came into this game hoping that the Packers were competitive and looked to continue the momentum that they have built in the past couple weeks, and it's honestly hard to imagine this game going better for the Packers in the first half against this opponent in particular. Green Bay is thrilled to take a 14-6 lead over the Chiefs into halftime. Obviously, they would have loved to get an extra three points out of that final drive, and it it easily could have happened. I think that's the only moment of frustration. Uh, That said, the Packers owned the first half of this game and looked like the better team, uh, which was impressive again. I will say that uh, as happy as I was for Patrick Taylor to rip off that long run, the longest run of his career, I was a little confused why he didn't prioritize getting out of bounds at the end of that run. He could have saved about 10 seconds, which uh, would have been a big deal in that situation potentially. But the you mentioned the false start. John Runyon being disinterested in blocking kind of derailed the final drive of the half. But with you know a start to the game like this, you, you just love the creativity from the offense that we saw. You feel really good about the execution and the defense coming up big and getting those stops and forcing Kansas City to settle for field goals in both of those scenarios was absolutely huge.
3: Yeah, so we come out at halftime. The Chiefs get the ball first, a big gain to Kelsey to start the half. Then in holding an illegal shift, to give Kansas City first and 25, a very dangerous situation for that Green Bay defense with Joe Barry at, at the controls. Third and 22, right? Yeah, should be pretty safe. But Mahomes finds Kelsey for a first down, a big run for Pacheco, gain of 13. Rasheed Rice, Pacheco ends up running it uh, in for the Chiefs' first touchdown of the game. But the Packers do stop the two-point conversion attempt. It is 14 to 12 Green Bay. And then the Packers, with their first possession in the second half, a beautiful run after the catch by AJ Dillon. Third down completion to Reed is short, but the Packers go for it on fourth and one. Dobbs catches a deep lob for 33 yards. Chris Jones, absolutely in the lap of Jordan Love as he was throwing, kind of threw it up. But in a place where only really Romeo Dobbs had a chance to catch it, and fortunately he did fall into the ground. And then Christian Watson absolutely mosses Joshua Williams
2: for the touchdown, 21-12 Green Bay. This was like the holy crap moment in this game. Uh, Like, you can't put these two plays this close together for the mental and emotional health of Packers fans in general because to watch the Dobbs and Watson plays in sequence was just insane to witness. Jordan Love absolutely was on one on this drive, and kudos to both of those receivers for making some tough grabs, some highlight catches, but my goodness, they'll, they'll say there was some luck in chucking that up to Dobbs, but the awareness to give your guy a chance on um, fourth down when your initial look was probably blown. Love is is doing some really high level stuff, and we saw it on a couple plays in a row here. All the credit in the world goes to Lafleur for having the guts to make the call to go for it on that fourth down. I have no idea what the play call was or what the design or the desire was to find. Uh, I would imagine a receiver open. Quicker than what was then uh, thrown up to Dobbs. But um, that was just a heck of a lot of trust to show in your young quarterback uh, to go ahead and let him have that opportunity on that fourth and one. And it paid off in a big way.
3: Yeah, so the Chiefs down nine get a nice kick return to start the drive, a couple of Pacheco runs for uh, a first down, and then a nice play to Richie James. Then the Chiefs get gains of eight, six, eight, and 13 on their way to matriculating the ball inside the Packers five. And the defense gets it to gets into third down. And then uh, nobody covers Noah Gray. That That's a problem. So touchdown Chiefs 21-19 Green Bay.
2: Yeah, it's a real bummer they had to let Noah Gray score that touchdown because TJ Slayton punching out the toss play right before that was pretty awesome. Just a heads-up play on his part. They almost came away with a turnover as a result with him popping that ball up in the air. Uh, but they were in position to hold them to three again, which would have been really impressive, but couldn't quite pull it off there and, and obviously noah gray gets that touchdown
3: so the packers up two do get a first down on the next drive on a jordan love scramble two straight christian watson catches for another first but then a delay of game willie gay is on so the packers have to throw it away incomplete to Jaden reed and then the uh first punt that wasn't like I'm not counting the one right before half. Uh, Two-yard run by Pacheco, missed deep ball, the MVS, where they just didn't seem to be on the same page, and then incomplete on third down. So the Chiefs, who look to be in control at that point, go three and out and have to punt it back. Packers get the ball, holding on Rasheed Walker, makes it second and 16, but a huge completion to Dobbs on a broken coverage. Beautiful end round to Christian Watson for 13, a drop by Malik Heath, but an 11-yard run by A.J. Dillon makes up for it on the next play to get the Packers the first down. A dangerous incompletion targeting Watson, but Malik Heath comes back with a 15-yard gain to get them in the red zone. Two straight incompletions, Tucker Kraft sack on third down, have to settle for a Carlson field goal. It is 24 to 24-19 Packers with six minutes and three seconds to go.
4: Yeah, this was like a super tense chunk of the game here because that field goal obviously gives you the buffer where a Kansas City field goal no longer takes the lead. But boy, did it feel like the momentum was like really starting to shift at that point and it was starting to swing back towards the Chiefs. So what could have been, you know, a, a pretty chip shot field goal ended up being a little more challenging for Carlson with the sack. It's December. It's Lambo. It's cold. There were flurries. The broadcast was talking about how he was missing from one side of the field earlier in warm-up. So, you know, the tension was building, right, that this was going to be, like, some type of botched kick. And nope, he he drilled it, and it was a big moment for the rookie kicker to give the Packers that, that buffer at that moment.
5: Hey, friends. I'm sure you're all familiar with some of the hassles of finding game tickets at a reasonable price without all the headaches that go along with it. I've been on a bit of a roll lately as I went through one ticketing service that never sent me the tickets and I had to panically try to get a hold of somebody the day of the game. I had another service that didn't allow me to transfer tickets. So when I could no longer go to the Wisconsin-Iowa game, transferring the tickets was extremely difficult. It was just all so frustrating. That was until I found GameTime. GameTime is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets, and an even easier to use app. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using GameTime, stress-free. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Packaday for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Packaday for $20 off. Oh, And Time is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code PACKADAY. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey add a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of prize picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
3: Yeah, so the Chiefs get the ball back down five. Mahomes throws out of a sack on first down, and the questionable defensive pass interference on Ballantyne gives the Chiefs a first and a big gain. The Chiefs are absolutely cooking on their way to driving down the field and driving a stake in the hearts of the Lambeau Field faithful. (laughs) <laughs> Mahomes throws a fade, and Keyshawn Nixon runs the route for the receiver, does his best Willie Mays impression with the gorgeous over-the-shoulder interception. Packers get the ball back. Dobbs catch Dylan run first down. Incomplete to Kraft, but then nine yards to Wicks. Love shove on fourth down. Patented and trademarked by yours truly. Please give me money. <laughs> Seven-yard run by Dylan Watson on a beautiful touch pass. Watson gets the first, but then goes down inbounds, which seemed like a nice play, but unfortunately he was clutching his hamstring before he went to the ground. Uh, That was a tough one. Dylan for two, two more on second down. Love gets sacked for a loss of 10, making this field goal a lot more difficult, but Anders Carlson steps up a clutch 47-yard field goal, 27-19 Green Bay. Chiefs get the ball back with the opportunity to go down, get a touchdown, two-point conversion, and tie it up. Mahomes scrambles for the first down, and the officials decide to interject themselves in the game. An absolutely egregious 15-yard penalty on a hit from Jonathan Owens. That is absolutely not a foul under any. Any circumstance, Mahomes didn't even have a toe out of bounds. Complete and utter nonsense. The next play is a fumble by Rasheed Rice. Returned for a touchdown by Valentine. However, Rasheed Rice was down. It's overturned. But Isaiah Pacheco decided to punch somebody. Gets a 15-yard penalty during the fumble slash non-fumble return. Gets ejected. Deep shot to MVS. It looked like Carrington Valentine interfered with him. No call. Then you get a check down to Edwards-Alaire. The clock is running, a completion to MVS, who gets pulled out of bounds, moving backwards. So the clock should run. That should be the end of the game. The officials decide to stop the clock. Wrong call again. A couple of incompletions, fourth down, five seconds left. Hail Mary, uh, yes, there was some pushing and shoving, but I don't think that's ever going to get called. Incomplete, Chiefs, you can go home, complain to somebody else, <laughs> I'm not hearing it.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're not usually the ones to go after the refs. That's not our brand on the pack of Day podcast. That's certainly not our brand on Mondays on the pack of Day podcast. But they had a really nice string of calls here that were pretty frustrating. I mean, you mentioned the Owens call. It's so ridiculous. If you don't want to get hit, you've got to get out of bounds. And it's right at the sticks. Just an awful call. You can't make it in that situation. And then uh, the couple with, with the cheap yardage for the offsides on the, the kickoff, I mean, you can totally make that call, but why? Like, why would you make that? It's, it's a free five yards for the offense to, to Patrick Mahomes. And then the penalty on Valentine earlier, like, you can call that. It set them up and they got the offense rolling. Probably was, you know, maybe interfered, interfered with the pass, but they hadn't been calling that all game. Seemed like a convenient time for them to call that. Uh, you probably don't call it if it's not Mahomes and the Chiefs. Just lots of calls. Going Kansas City's way here at the end, and then unnecessary, unnecessary roughness on Owens was just a really bad look. And then again, you know, they let the Valentine play happen with the contact with MVS, probably should have called that one. So you're like, is that a makeup call for what they missed earlier? And then I'm, I'm friends with a good amount of Kansas City Chiefs fans, and a lot of them are complaining about the contact in the end zone on the Hail Mary. You just can't call that play like you can't call that a penalty because if you do, it's first down on the one yard line with no time on on the clock. It's the reason they're running the play is because they were unable to be successful earlier. I think we have to understand a Hail Mary is an effort for the offense to score when they haven't been able to prior to that. So lots of calls wanted from Kansas City fans, lots of frustrating calls made against the Packers. But just kind of a really tough look for this officiating crew, no matter who you were pulling for at the end of this game.
4: Yeah, and I mean, the clock also should have kept rolling, you know, on that sideline completion to MBS when he's going backwards out of bounds. So just a bad look from the last that last minute or so, because the refs had arguably called like a relatively clean game. Not too many penalties on either side. And then, you know, if like 58 minutes go by, it's pretty seamless. And then they really just kind of open things up at the end there. Um, bad calls on both sides. Yeah. If you, I don't know how you watch a Hail Mary, you know, and think that this one is somehow different than all of the other Hail Marys. That that's just kind of is what it is yeah. on that play. But yeah, I don't think Packers fans can apologize for this one. They earned it. And even Patrick Mahomes and his postgame presser, I mean, caveat here he's not going to come out and like swear at the refs and get himself some (laughs) fines he's a professional but he said like you can't fault the refs in that situation like we have to go out there and make the plays and earn it and we had ample opportunities to earn it and we didn't do that so they let us play ball and they came up short and that's that's all class from Mahomes because that's you know that is what happened
2: yeah the packers Clearly won this football game. You said it. There's no reason to apologize for this. And the Chiefs did have plenty of opportunities, and you can say some extra ones because of some calls that went their way at the end of the game. So no apologies. The Packers get the win on Sunday Night Football. A lot of people weren't expecting it, but this team is getting hot, and they are now a playoff contender, which is crazy to say. Uh, would have been nuts to hear a couple of weeks ago. But guys. Really fun football game. Lots of key players in this one. Lots of key plays. Let's talk about a few of those. Let's start with the players. Who was your most impactful player that you saw over the course of this game? Yeah, I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon, just really a a bunch of big runs. He kept
3: the chains moving, kept the Chiefs defense honest, made some really nice plays in the passing game an absolutely huge performance for Dillon that I think is going to go under the radar a little bit. But I, I really liked the way that that he like really facilitated this offense.
2: All right, so we're rolling here, and I'm going to totally derail us with a, a little side conversation here. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we, I think we did a, couple, a little bit of exercise talking about forecasting into the offseason with some big decisions that the Packers are going to make and how this young team is going to continue to get younger in some ways because they're going to have to replace some of these guys with aging contracts. And A.J. Dillon was one of those guys that we kind of talked about a little bit. Like, is this guy someone, as much as we like him off the field, and he's been an incredible Green Bay character, person, like, for this locker room and for bringing the culture to the Green Bay Packers. Is, has the conversation changed? Like, in these last couple weeks, he's played so much better. Is there room – I know he's a running back, Andrew, and I know that this is hard for you. <laughs> but is there room to discuss – Knowing that the Packers have to draft a running back, we don't know if that's going to be someone in the mold of an Aaron Jones who's a little bit lighter, a little bit more work out of the backfield as a receiver, or another guy who can take a little bit more of a beating and be that kind of player who can carry the load. But is there a scenario where you bring back an A.J. Dillon at a cost-effective salary because he's shown to be a very different player than he was early in the season and has been really valuable down the stretch for this Packers team that is now ascending that you don't look at you know if you don't know that Aaron Jones is out of this lineup you don't go like they're obviously missing a star player he's been good enough to carry the load for this team is that enough to warrant paying him a little bit of a salary going into next year I I just
3: think I'll I'll, I'll go really quickly so Maggie you know I think you have to pick do you want A.J. Dillon? Do you want Aaron Jones? And you can only have one. I don't think both of them work because you're not going to pay two running backs simultaneously. And so it comes down to do you want the more explosive option in, in Aaron Jones, the guy who can be more productive but has been really unavailable, uh, especially this season? Or do you want A.J. Dillon, who has been much more reliable, um, but maybe a little bit less explosive? And then like, how do you want to add in the draft to complement the player that you're going to keep?
4: Yeah, I think, I think Andrew really nailed it there. And, you know, I think obviously if you're looking at cost effectiveness of some of this, AJ Dillon's not going to warrant the contract that Aaron Jones would theoretically warrant. So that is part of it. If you're confident that you can find an explosive type back in the draft, the draft is obviously a very good place to look for running backs. They found Aaron Jones in the fifth round. So that's a good example there, but yeah, I mean it's hard to to have this conversation in December because we know that November and December is when Dylan gets cooking and does that replace, you know, the way that we all felt in September and October before he really got things rolling. I don't know, but you can see the, the chemistry that he has with Jordan love and not even, I mean, he's still averaging like four yards per carry max, but the checkdowns and some of those, you know, those little out routes that Jordan love is just really comfortable with maybe that's worth it for this Packers offense. Maybe he adds a wrinkle for Matt LaFleur that would be missing if he wasn't there, but I think it's a cost thing.
2: Yeah. I just think it's, I don't think that we know the answer to it. I just think it's interesting that it's a conversation now, whereas probably five weeks ago, it isn't even something that we would have spent any time wondering about uh, because of the way that that he was playing and and kind of, What I'm sure was frustrating for him more so than even fans watching. So really cool to see him turn the page. And you do wonder if the Green Bay Packers will find it valuable to bring back a player and a voice in that running back room so that they're not starting from scratch. And you wonder if maybe that cost-effective option could be Dylan, who's shown himself to be very available and reliable in this this stretch of meaningful football that this team is playing. But, okay, so that's my derailing of the conversation. I'm going to get back to answering the question. Love the A.J. Dillon pick. What a big game for him. But I'm going to go with Christian Watson. And what a turnaround for this guy, right? The Packers have certainly made an effort to feature him a little bit more, use him a little bit more horizontally than they were early on in the year. But, my goodness, Watson, he just looks like a totally different player out there, the one that was – We were watching just a couple weeks ago. He ends the night with seven receptions for 71 yards, two touchdowns, and 15 yards on the ground, which those were really meaningful 15 yards in those situations where they were able to use his speed to get around the edge. So a really nice game for Watson. Of course, he leaves with the hamstring injury, which sucks. You can see it on his face, like, how frustrated he is to finally stack some success and then get derailed by an injury. But obviously watson's talent unlocks a lot for the offense and it was really really fun to watch him thriving out there on sunday night football
4: yeah i'm not sure if we've ever had a non-player make our key players of the game list probably not but uh i thought you know the head coach was deserving for this one we knew this was going to be a fun scheme matchup between the and andy reed absolutely both you know both of them got creative but LaFleur put his young offense in a ton of spots to make them successful. You mentioned some of the Watson end arounds and like big time moments there for first downs. And worth noting, of course, if you didn't hear it on the broadcast or see it on Twitter. You know, that this win for LaFleur, he remains undefeated in the month of December is sixteen and 0 for the Packers as the head coach. So a round of Lef- oh, I almost said a round of LaFleur, a round of applause <laughs> for Matt LaFleur on prime time, absolutely deserving of a game ball there. But in addition to the guys that we mentioned already, we we have to, we have to give it up for Jordan Love. You know, two years ago goes into Kansas City, goes into Arrowhead, makes his first career start. And you know, this one was special. He's hosting them at Lambeau field. He is the starter. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Sunday night football. It's prime time. And he outplayed Mahomes. He was 25 of 36 for 267 yards, three touchdowns, no picks 118.6 rating. Like it was everything he wanted. And he's been stacking success each week. So he just keeps getting better and better. And he looks like the guy.
2: really does and to mash those two things together the Lafleur and the Jordan Love it's so fun I mean you know you're gonna have to put up points when you're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs you can't play scared you can't play conservative but the way that Matt Lafleur trusted Jordan Love to put him in those spots to make those plays and just to go out there and it just shows that this team is really rallying behind Jordan Love and the coaching staff trust him to go play the game and it's not a they're not they're not holding his hand like maybe they were even early in the season this is his team now and it seems like he's able to handle that so okay, so those are the players of the game Let's talk plays of the game who you know these there are so many here but who made the plays of the game that allowed the Packers to come away with the w
3: yeah and really like echoing. Maggie's point, Matt LaFleur is out there and he's not just out dueling Andy Reid, but Steve Spagnuolo, who might be the best defensive coordinator in the league Kansas City Chiefs defense, which up to that point, I know they had a lot of injuries during this game, but had been, if not the best, one of the best defenses in the entire league. And LaFleur just goes out there and calls uh, pretty darn close to a perfect game. Uh, I know they're like when you have more touchdowns and punts, that's a, a pretty good sign, especially considering what this offense looked like early in the season. And so I'm going to go with a aggressive LeFleur play call, and that is the fourth and one. It ended up being that big completion to Romeo Dobbs. Uh, the play breaks down. Love just puts it where Dobbs has a chance. Dobbs makes an unbelievable catch. To me, that changed the game in ways that are really difficult to even measure.
2: Yeah, absolutely a huge call. I wanted him to go for it on that play. I still want to know what they were trying to hit on that play because that that play was wild, but a super fun one uh, to witness as Packer fans. I'm going to go with the interception by Keyshawn Nixon. Just a heads-up play to keep running that route, the awareness to know where the ball was going to be, the hands to catch it, and absolutely come up with what was a game-changing interception in that situation was absolutely huge and exciting to see for Keyshawn Nixon.
4: Yeah, I'll take an uh, an unconventional one here, I guess. And uh, I'll just talk about the Lucas Van Ness sack really quick because, you know, we we talked about it. The Chiefs were rolling. It felt like it was going to be a very easy touchdown for them to tie things up early. And instead, he gets home. The Chiefs offense stalls. They have to settle for three. And the Packers never played from behind the entire game. It felt like it was one of those momentum kind of clutching moments where everything could have shifted. And that one play, that big-time play by a rookie you know, really made the difference there. And I said it at the top of the show, but Mahomes is the least sacked quarterback in the league going into this game. So Green Base pass rush pass rush really rattled him all night. And Lucas Van Ness was a big part of that. You think his snap count is probably going to increase, you know, kind of down the stretch here.
3: Yeah, and when we talk about injuries, really the big one we're going to be watching out for is Christian Watson. He did come out of the medical tent and then stayed on the sidelines. So I, I hope that's a good sign. Obviously, with hamstring injuries uh, and the Green Bay Packers never particularly <laughs> good, but uh, you know, stay stay tuned. the The rest of the Pack Day team will have more on that. And the Packers, who are currently in playoff position, uh, all uh, you know every day and all of the rest of this week. But that is all time that we have for today. Kyle and Maggie can now go to sleep. <laughs> this has been the <laughs> Pack Day podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at packer underscore punnett. You can find Maggie at Maggie J Loney. Make sure you go and check out Packs, which she said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every single Monday. We'll be back next week with a preview of the Packers' Week 14 game against the New York Football Giants. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... (laughs)